Hi, I'm Adrian Ramsey, and firstly, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Talk Design was created from my fascination of what creates great design. When you consider the world, you realize that everything is either designed by man or by nature. Designers have a massive impact on how humans live. Every moment I spend with design thinkers, I come away richer for the experience. And I wanted to share my passion to dig deeper, to talk about design with architects, inventors, artists, business people, about what inspires them, their design secrets, and how they find design inspiration. Having lived a life of design myself, training others in innovation and creating for others, I see huge value in sharing creative stories. I hope you enjoy the insights and passion my guests hold for life and design. And if you're in the world of creating design, that these stories inspire you. Thanks again. My guest is Kelly Vandermeer from Design Partnership. Kelly moved from South Africa to Australia in 2016 and has made a huge name for himself and his company in the retail and hospitality space. Some of you may have experienced Kelly's design without even realizing it. If you've been to Meat and Wine, a restaurant in Sydney, this is part of his design genius. So welcome Kelly to Talk Design. This is where I want to get into your head and understand a little more about what makes your design genius so special. Adrian, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored. Cool. So I've got um, a bunch of questions here. There's really three main ones, but I know that they can run down a rabbit hole really easily. So let's get started with um, my first one, which is what is it that you know now about design that's intrinsic to the process? that you had no idea about when you started, that you could, you could never hope that anybody would have any idea about this? Yeah, I suppose that took a long time, probably took longer than it needed to take. And that, that is not about me, um, my team or our knowledge really, um, or even our creative, we, we, we might think that we are. Um, it's about learning and understanding as much as we can about our client, because it's commercial restaurant spaces or commercial retail spaces or commercial. Um, and the core markets that they, that they, that they plan to cater for. Um, and they design, as much as design impacts people, people impact design. Um, and there's a famous saying by Frank Chimera that uh, people ignore design that ignores people. Um, and so our designer, our job as a designer is to understand this firstly and to translate that um, the human need first, um, like who's the bullseye consumer, the age, the need, the patterns and habits, the other customer journeys. And if you can, if you understand those things, you can understand for, for their references, for their, and those references are often visual and that kind of translates to being emotional and emotion is a, it's a massive part of how we operate. Yeah. Yeah. I would so agree with that. That's so in the emotional space, people make all their decisions based on emotion first. Um, yeah. they don't even start to look at something they can't afford until they like it emotionally. And then they go, I can't yeah. afford that or, or whatever it is that the, the emotional stock, driver. Stock the same, yeah. Stock market works the same way. We emotional drives up and down. 
but be thinking Our economy works the same way. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, it's so true. One of the things with that is, um, you know, when you when you get into going to do a project, so somebody calls you and reaches out and says, "We need to do this." What is it that happens when you first either see a space? So I imagine in your in your being in Sydney, especially, but I know you work all over the world. But being in Sydney, you would see spaces that already exist, and then at other times you're going to see spaces on paper. What happens in your creative brain when you see the space, and then your analytical brain? Um, so it is probably um, important to guard that you don't run away creatively um, when you start because that's always the temptation um, and it is to start analytically first um, by asking those right questions as we said earlier the, the, the kind of Einstein saying that if you had an hour to solve a problem spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about the solution um, again, it's kind of really what the end user is, where the space is um, situated, what's around it, how's it facing, uh, where, where does sunlight come in, um, how do people approach it, move, move through it, to it, around it, um, what are their visual references, um, where do they go currently, um, thinking about the budget, you know, the budget's never the target. Um, but sometimes the budget is not too little and it's to advise the client right there that, you know, what you're trying to do rather than just walk away. And I've advised clients many times to walk away from something um, because we don't want to design something that, um, that potentially gets all the, all the awards and all the kudos, but it doesn't function. It doesn't, it doesn't work uh, economically. And so we will, because then we've let the client down because they've entrusted that to us. So, um, so then after we kind of cross those hurdles, often those answers do reveal themselves quite specifically. But then it's also to try and um, explore multiples. We will never settle for an answer. We will try multiples and play it over and over. Sketch, you know, you mentioned you love sketching. I love sketching. I will sketch and re-sketch a plan a hundred times because there's so many options and then find the flow that actually works and then explore visual um, the visual context and how visually that idea can potentially come together. And, and there's so many ways, like graphic design or, you know, like label design, there's, there's an answer, but there's not one specific, there's multiples. And what's going to create the best impact, create the, the best environment. Uh, and depending on the, on the space, sometimes you want people to linger longer uh, and sometimes you want them to not linger um, too much so it's very important to get that kind of dance it's a very delicate dance that you have to balance um, and and if you get it right the space is correct and and it's never the same answer for 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 even the same brief never the same uh, it's fascinating you say that I like one of the things when I was reading lots on your background and stuff was so you know, you, you, you might work and say, let's just say, for example, meat and wine. Um, I've been there. I've enjoyed the ambience of it. It was fantastic. Um, and it was a place to, to, to take time to, um, there was no rush. It was comfortable. It was very, the, the environment around me was constantly, like I took a thousand photos in the restaurant and, and I was with my wife, so I wasn't popular for doing that. But 
it it was one of those things where I just I wanted to capture all these visual um, spaces that were the way the light was working. It just whilst none of it was um, what I would say exciting me, it was all exciting me, but like in a very relaxed manner. And then I go to somewhere, you know, that might be um, like a fast food outlet or a, a in-between type of outlet. And as you say, people dwell in one space and then take time in another um, or times of the essence in another. You know, I, I, in designing houses, I often say to people, the laundry and the bedroom should have very, very, very different feels. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the house has different spaces for different modes just like certainly in hospitality, um, yeah. there's different modes of space that you, you bring out. And then keeping people um, engaged while they're in those spaces. Right. You know, short and sharp yeah. or long and slow, it's, um, yeah. it, it's a game. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. I really, yeah, it got my whole brain off on a track. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then is there something that you can share with listeners or who could be architects, designers, um, anybody really, that would enhance their spaces right now? It might be a restaurant owner, for instance. And, you know, we, we spoke just a little briefly before we came on and we were saying, you know, the COVID thing is like, yes, 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 yes. It, it, it's a very set kind of um, health department kind of rules, etc. And it's not so much that. It's more about um, what, how could we engage people in a different way in this moment or in a better way in this moment um, as well as would that engagement swap out from being in say a retail space to being in a residential space? Um, okay, so um, so when you get a space, so we inherit spaces as, as, as restaurant designers. Let's just talk about restaurant design. Yeah. And we must remember that it's first and foremost social spaces. People don't go to restaurants to eat. They go to restaurants to, to socialize, even even if they're sitting at a table on their own. Um, and it's how you frame those chance interactions. Chance interactions are very important. It's even if it's just, uh, you know, off to you when you're at a doorway or, and kind of the proximity of the tables, um, the way you light those tables, you can create pools of space that are, that are, that are separate from the table that maybe even just 200 miles away. But if you balance all the, the acoustic, uh, properties of the space correctly you balance the sound correctly that you play the kind of music that you play because music the music is critical in a, in a restaurant space um, um, you balance and you balance all the surfaces um, there's just enough of the kind of conversation next to you that that piques interest there's just enough of the eye contact um, and all those things make for a very blend a beautiful blend of of social interaction um, just a small thing like seeing a dish come out and onto the table next to you, that's often much more important than looking at the menu. Just listening to the waiter describing the dish is often more important than what's on the menu. So those things, are, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's again a dance and a, and a play 
constantly. Yeah. But but coming back to the to the to the um, the idea of, of of inheriting space, you know, there's this thing that you will be familiar with with uh, the golden mean or or the kind of the perfect portion, uh, also called the yeah. kind of divine proportion with 1.618. So we, we try and establish those things, those kind of basic things in a, in a, in a restaurant space always. If, if the spaces are too large or too cavernous, um, it's, it's very important to kind of pull them back into those. It doesn't have to be that perfect proportion exactly, but it has to be close to those proportions. So that I mean a bare space with the with the with the one point six one eight ratio of you know length of wall to width to height, um, the, if a, even a bare space with those proportions of is far more comfortable than a space um, that's filled with 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 noise and, and stuff, mm. but without those proportions. I mean, you'll walk into a space and just emotionally feel connected, but you wouldn't be able to put your finger on it. But it's just because our proportions is human beings and the proportion of the space actually matter. We actually feel subconsciously a, 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 a connection or a disconnect to a space just because the proportions are correct or incorrect. So, I think so Frank we, Lloyd Wright said um, human sized, I think was, I think those were his words. So things had to fit humanity um, for yeah. size and scale. And that's, yeah, that came to me while you were saying that about that proportion it is so, so, so important in so many ways. And you can change, you can, you can play with that proportion and really shift people's perceptions as well. Correct, 100%. And, and the second part of your question, if you were to um, apply that to, to a home, um, mm. so just in a simple way, if you had a 10 meter wide space, um, more or less, it's 618, but more or less six meters wide, it would be the perfect, and then obviously derivatives of that, that kind of proportion, and the same, the height, if you had to divide that again, it's more or less a, a, a four meter height, but so just derivatives as obviously as shorter the space becomes, the narrower, but it's gotta be close to those kind of proportions for you to feel comfortable in that. Yeah. And if the space is not that in a house, you can decorate it by, by the way you place furniture, the size of the furniture, dividers, cupboards, uh, the tables you can mm. create the perception of that kind of breakup of the volumes to make it that can that emotional comfortable space to be in i suppose so interesting um you know you you take the space and, and at the moment of course we've got our social distancing space and yeah. when you're looking at the social distancing space then you go what what feels comfortable because like you like you said in a restaurant it's a dance and and as you were saying to me oh you know the dish comes out next door and the you hear the waiter describing it and whilst it's nothing to do with you it's everything to do with you and and and, and you go oh yeah and like often i know me i will strike up a conversation with the person next door as soon as they've got two mouthfuls done, I'll be like, is it as good as it looks? Like it, it, it yeah. sounds divine or whatever. One of my, my biggest um, things that I, I find that the dining space has really lacked over the last oh, probably 20 odd years is cavernous spaces with really poor acoustics so that 
you've lost yeah. the ability to actually just have a conversation on your own table. There's restaurants I mm. love their food where I will not return because I can't mm. hear my wife talk to me across the table. Um, or if I go yeah. four, we cannot have a conversation easily. And I go, I've, I've mm. always gone, oh, maybe it's just as you get older, but I know that it's like this thing, you know, I feel like I'm fighting um, instead yeah. of relaxing. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's phenomenal. Um, the importance of that balance, exactly right, and lighting exactly right. Like we, yes. we try and light up tables so that um, the light bounces off the table and up. For example, mm-hmm. that's far more flattering to the face than a light coming from the top. Light from the top um, magnifies wrinkles and imperfections. Light bouncing from the bottom just makes it soft. And if you, if the, if you feel good because you feel you look good and also yes. like, like bronze mirror instead of white mirror, like bronze yes. so that you, everyone looks a bit more colored and a bit more healthier. And, and if you feel good and the sound is good and it's enough of a, of a surround and the base is just exactly right. And there's enough soft fabric that can absorb. And it's just, it is, and often we don't get it right. We have to go afterwards and put acoustic stuff because it's sure. just not right. Balance the sound. The amount of times I've gone out at night to restaurants just to reposition the light. Like I have a, I have a client that's so incredibly attuned. Bradley Michael is a, he's a very well-known restaurant too yes. here in, in Australia. But it is that for him, sound and light. That he will have a baby if it's not correct. It's got to be correct. And, and so because he, he appreciates that, I appreciate it, of course, a lot more. And, and, and I try and always get it right. And sometimes we don't get it right exactly. And then we have to adjust it. Adjust it. Of course. Um, of course. You can't predict exactly what the space. Sometimes the space, the way the light reflects. Of, oh, we never thought of that. Okay, let's just. Because it's not an exact science ever. No, it's something that um, is so important. And look, you know, for people listening, the, the tip would be that I pulled out of that straight away for me is that you, you said about the sound and the, and the lighting. Um, if, this, if this was going into residential, often people forget that it's just as important in the home. And getting that balance of your lighting and your sound and so that everybody has that relaxing sense or that, that point of relaxation um, I, I often joke because we have so many places to eat in our homes these days. We have a breakfast bar and, you know, then we have an outside dining area and we have an inside dining area and then we have a casual dining area and a formal one. And we're only still getting three meals if we're really lucky. Um, and, but each one, like, you know, you, you, if you've got kids, and I know you do, you put them up at the breakfast bar to eat breakfast and it's a hive of activity and it's get ready for school and let's get out the door and everybody's in motion. You put them at the dining table and they're in chairs that are great to sit in for three, four hours or more and drink wine and all that energy shifts again, you know, like, and, and it's even the height of the chairs, you know, like it can, it can create exactly. a different pace. Yeah. I had on that point, I, I designed for place here in uh, Sydney at the rocks. Uh, called Six Head. Yep. I designed um, some chairs, but Six Head is based on the story of Six Head of Cattle. That's another long story, but it came, the first set of cattle that ever came to the country. Anyway, so the idea was to create these chairs almost like, like the horns, but they kind of wrap around. And, and, and so the design we did 
oh, I don't know how many prototypes. It was difficult because I wanted a certain kind of leather. And, and so the South African office um, did a lot of uh, face physical time with the manufacturer to get it exactly right, the color and the stitching and the size and the height so you could fit, fit comfortably. But then when it arrived, for whatever reason, and I think, I mean, in hindsight, I understood why it happened because they put on little... Um, little sliders to the bottom little of the guides. chairs. Yeah. yeah, little guys. The chairs were 60 centimeters, 59 centimeters high. And you know, I mean, sorry, not 50, uh, um, 49 centimeters, 49. 49. And 49 is just four too high. Yeah. And I thought maybe, just maybe, let me try it. It just was so uncomfortable. I had to send all the chairs to a local guy here to have them cut. And it's, you know how difficult it is to cut the chair exactly so it balances again, it was a nightmare. To cut them exactly to 45, because that is the height that you want to be at a table that is 750. Maybe yeah. half a centimeter higher or lower, maybe, but nothing outside of that. Yeah, it's, it, it becomes minute proportion. Minute proportion. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating. <laughs> what a journey. Well, at that, yeah. I will say thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy. I've um, learned lots and I'm sure listeners will have learned lots. I am going to put on our website how to contact you. So we'll be on talkdesignpodcast.com. Um, we'll be where it is. We'll put all your contact details, et cetera, et cetera. And again, thank you so much. Really, really fabulous. I learned lots and we'll leave it at that. Have a wonderful day. Cheers. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Hi, this is Richard Petrie from the Architect Marketing Institute, and this is Richard's Magic Arrows. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Do you know why you lost your last project? It's not because you didn't have the skill or the ability you do, but the reason you lost was most likely because you lost on the emotional battlefield, a battlefield you didn't even know you were playing on. The client probably liked you just fine, they liked your design skills just fine, but she knew that Larry, the other architect, just made her feel better, made her feel safer, made her feel more certain, removed some doubt, just made her feel better about herself. She might have said Larry was cheaper or Larry had some sort of skill which you didn't have, but these were just justifications. Larry beat you on the emotional battlefield. And when we talk about rapport, it's often what it's all about. Who? It's a battle of who can make the client feel the best because the honest answer is probably if they lined up three architects, all three architects could have done the job just fine. Of course, one might be better than the other, but who's to know who that is? Certainly not the client. We need to understand emotions drive decision-making far more than any of us would care to admit. But the good news is that these two questions, I call the mind cannon, is really an emotional cannon. This cannon is custom-built to pierce emotional defenses that clients are powerless to defend against. When I saw my very first architecture client, I was looking at a piece of paper and she said, oh yeah, those are the two questions that win me all my projects. Well, you can imagine my ears pricked up. What were the two questions? She said, yeah, they were from your persuasion equation. I have a persuasion equation process, which is about 11 questions. But she had taken two of them and done everything that I was doing with 11. Now, before I give you this irresistible emotional mind cannon, 
I want to warn you, the questions may on first hearing sound innocuous. They are not. In fact, I bet that if you fire these two questions into your next three client meetings, you will see tears being wiped off the face of at least one prospect. Here goes. Number one, what does your family home mean to you? Pause for an answer. When they give you a little answer, ask why do you say that? That's question one. Question number two is how do you want to feel as you move through this home? Simple, easy and emotion inducing. Don't be surprised if it takes 10 to 15 minutes to answer these two questions. Now while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to win better projects, earn higher fees from clients who value great design, I've got a free 90 minute training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.